you're like, mm, between Chris's movie and something else. Nah, I have Chris. Well, it's because <laughs> everyone knows yours is... You almost... You, like, cheated. You, you, cho- you chose, like, a freaking A-plus movie in, in a pair... In, like, a, a different a category. It's, it's true. We're all like, okay... What's our favorite hamburgers? And everybody's like, okay, Five Guys is really good. In and Out is really good. And, and Chris, then Chris says, Chris. And then Chris, yeah, exactly. Chris is like, Christopher's Steakhouse hamburger is so good. And everybody's like, uh. That's exactly what Welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm sitting here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? Nothing much. Nothing Good to be here. Much. How's it going? In Chris's basement, in once Chris's again. Chris's basement. Where we all love to be. <laughs> this it's is great. where I want to be. Right here with my thug ones. Uh, I love to be I'm where uh, everybody knows my name. <laughs> That's sometimes all I want to go to. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just like. I don't know. I just, I just like to be where everybody knows my name. Sometimes you wanna go. I, Nothing. No way. Okay. Nope. Norm. I, I should call my. I should change my name to Norm so that Dude, every you're time totally the Norm. Every time I walk into the room, everybody can go. And Troy. Norm! Troy's totally the Ted Danson. <laughs> I play right. And field. does that make? Does that make? Scott Woody Harrelson. I'm Kirstie Alley. And Dude, you're Kirstie I am Alley. happy to be Woody. Do you know what song I was just singing? Mm-mm. It was the it was the Pizza Hut song at the beginning of Ninja Turtles. Wait, which one? The Pizza Hut song and the oh gosh, we're just going to cut this part out. <laughs> in the beginning of the Ninja Turtles, I'm oh, sure the, you cut it out when you sound stupid. <laughs> yeah, cut it out when you sound like an ass. That's like you have, like, Jake you have has a brain power and can't you have think ultimate of the ultimate power. Movie. One time when Troy lost that music episode, he played his song like four times in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> When when I was the only one that didn't get voted for, yeah, guess what? Guess what score but, but was? But Chris, being are you willing to, to edit, an episode, edit an episode? Yeah, for sure. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what have we been doing? What's what's everybody been up to? I'll go first. Uh, so I raised my hand. There's first. a <laughs> there's a podcast that's, that uh, Scotty actually turned me on to called No Dumb Questions that I really really enjoy. Um, Matt, uh, what, what's his name? Whitman. Matt Whitman and Destin Sandlin have a couple the, YouTubers. Couple YouTubers have this podcast. They just talk about everything. They really talk about everything. But um, they do. They every once in a while they'll put a book out and say, "Hey, read this book. We're gonna we're gonna read this book and we're gonna talk about it on the podcast." And uh, that's why I read Devil in the White City. Which was they did they did Ready Player One Ready Player One they did Re- Devil in the White City Devil in the White City still is one of the top books I've ever read it, amazing like and they actually talked about it in one of the recent episodes it's not a book that is I don't I didn't read that book and go oh I love this book because it's such a heavy content like the content yeah. is so heavy and it's so dark. Uh, it's about a mass, the first mass murder in America, basically and, in and Chicago. And literally, everything in it is like excerpts from, from like newspaper. Yeah, so it's like, like a book club that you guys are in. No, it's, it's a, a podcast. Th- it's has- a podcast. They talk about everything. It's yeah. where Scott Scott turned him on to it. Yeah, 
to it. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> to it. <laughs> it's uh, watch the, it. <laughs> they talk about. Uh, well, okay, so Destin has a has a he he graduated from college with as a rocket scientist, and Matt went to college. He's now a preacher, but he he went to college for humanities, and so. They they come at the their topics from a scientific point of view and a humanities point of view, and they can talk to each other. They can talk about these topics, which is super interesting. Uh, they're the ones that turn Scotty and I onto Sabaton, the metal band. They're they're just fascinating people. Anyway, they they have a book that they're that they recommended to read, and I'm I've actually started reading it now, called The Sun Does Shine. <coughs> Or the sun still no the sun does shine. Yeah, uh, that book it's about Anthony Talk Ray about heavy content. Anthony Ray Hinton, is he a fat guy who is uh, kind of being fat. He he's the longest standing man on death row. Well, he's not standing. Well, he was sitting. Well, he's not standing anymore. Yeah, uh, the longest man on death row to be exonerated and be put. Wow. And, and set free wow. because because he was innocent. It was thirty years on death. Row. Thirty years on death row, and then was found. And then they reopened his case and was like, "Oh no, everything the jury did in Alabama was racist." In the, in the mid eighties, <laughs> that didn't like, exist. <laughs> I was telling some other friends about this this book, and they were like, "Holy crap! It's All that stuff recent. is so weird. It's crazy how recent it is." And then when I said it was in Alabama, they're like, "Oh yeah, well, I mean, surprise, surprise! Court in Alabama is racist." Uh, I mean, he was let go in 2015. Yeah, it was two thousand. It, it was. 1985 to 2015 is when Sad he was incarcerated. A man gets let go from his job. Death row, mm-hmm. from in death row. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it. I'm about halfway through the book right now. I haven't finished it yet. It is so fascinating. I've been talking to Chris about it. It is so heavy. It is like so good, There's man. been multiple times You're where listening to it too. I'm, yeah, I've, I've I've listened to it. Oh, okay. uh, there's been multiple times where I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, I've got tears running down my eyes because he tells his friend. His best friend in the world, he tells him, like, it's the first time he hears that his uh, appeal won't be heard. And he basically tells his friend, like, all right, when the time comes that I that they're going to put me to death, bring my mom the night before for a visit and then take her to a to a hotel and don't let her come to the I don't want you watching it. I don't want her watching it. I don't want you all watching me die. Um, And then you have to tell her that I'm gone. And then you have to use all her words against her, like to to tell her that God don't, doesn't make mistakes, tell her that uh, God came down and got me and took me back on his time and all this different stuff. And his friend is like, has his head in his hands, bawling his eyes out saying, I can't tell your mom that you died. What? I can't do that. And it's, and like, I'm sitting there like putting, trying to put myself in his shoes, telling his friend that, and then, and then putting myself in his friend's shoes, like having a friend tell me that. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there bawling going, I can't, I couldn't, I could not. And, and the fact that he's innocent the whole time, like he's like coming to terms with the fact that he's going to die for a crime that he didn't commit. They that he didn't come close to committing. And he, has, he has the most solid alibi. Anyway, it, it's it, really it is crazy. it is seriously 
fascinating book and it is super inspiring already, but also very heavy. Anyway, I went on a whole huge tangent on, on that. Sorry, guys. That is a great book. Look it up. Read it. Then get on uh, No Dumb Questions and listen to them talk about it because they're great. It's a great podcast. Nice. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. Sweet. Troy? I watched a very um, prestigious and uh, probably going to win some awards, uh, an animated movie called Batman vs. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Um, Have you seen Batman Ninja? <laughs> Just Batman Ninja? Uh-uh. It sucks. Does it? Yeah. Um, Batman versus Ninja Turtles. It, it's just I just wanted to talk about it because we love our comics. We love our we love our superheroes, and um, it's I mean, it's the funny to both worlds. It, it's not good, but like there's there's some choreography behind it, like the the fight, like when Batman faces off against the Ninja Turtles. It's actually a really good fight. It's hmm. and and uh, there's. Um, it's rated PG thirteen, so there's some violence to it. That's that's wow. uh, who wins that fight though. Uh, Stalemate. Batman wins the first time. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles win the second time. Interesting. So what happened? When did it come out? Sorry. Uh, you are recently. the best salesman ever. Recently. Yes. So Batman. <laughs> Batman won um, because I think he had the op- uh, the upper hand and he like anyway. Um, <clears throat> and then the Ninja Turtles found out where his bat cave was and they went to it and then they kind of like free like then they they were beating him and then they kind of all realized they were fighting on the same side kind of and like then, batman versus superman i was gonna but, say and then uh yeah. with his butt and then Tuesday they, shows up and then they realized that they had the same mom um <laughs> <laughs> save splinter <laughs> Splinter! Why'd you say that in? Why did I have a splinter? <laughs> Get it out! It's gonna go to my heart and kill me! Shut up! It will! It'll get in your bloodstream. Sorry, what's that from? I thought that's a. Inside joke that's super good for radio. <laughs> yep. I thought it was on a movie. Anyway, sorry, that's what I've been up to. I, so, I uh, won't spend as much time on as, as Jake did, but um, it's Batman versus Super Ninja. Thanks, Troy. Where'd you watch it at? <laughs> um, I watched it at home. You rented it? Like you spent money on it? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Well, I want to watch it. All right. Okay. Cool. We'll talk later. Done. Okay. So uh, we were just talking before about how. We feel like we don't have time to watch movies that we really want to watch, and uh, and uh, gaps in movies that that I feel like I should have seen but I haven't. So recently, I was on a plane for hours and was able to just watch movies. And it was oh awesome. yeah, we made fun of you. Nice. Um, yeah, I listened to it. <laughs> um, but there, there's four movies I watched for the first time, and I, I hesitate to say it because it, it'll expose me for not having seen these movies. But one was Logan. One was in Bruges, uh, Lost in Translation, and Chef. And they were all awesome movies. I was so so happy I watched. Which, them which one was your favorite of the four? See, I've been trying to think of it. Like I was, <laughs> I, I was also, honestly thinking, I was like, this would be a good episode. I don't know how we'd make it an episode, but watch all four of these movies. And I know we them. we should all just pick like a random movie, have everyone watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, I, I loved Chef. Like I think I'll go back to Chef in Bruges. And Bruce, like, we talked me. about it because it had that. Yeah, what's up, that, what's up Reese? Um, yeah, yeah. Reese had it all like the music or something. That yeah. Was intro. Best intro. Intro. Best it, intro. It was, it was. It had a really good intro. But like that, that movie <laughs> threw me through a loop. Like yeah. it was it was not what I was expecting. Um, but I'd probably say Chef, to be honest. Oh, really? 
love which Chef. One's, which one's Chef? It, it's a uh, John Favreau John movie. John Favreau. Ah. Uh, and it's got uh, Bradley Vergara. Cooper. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Is he in it? No. no. Bradley Cooper's not in it? No. No, they had two movies come out at the same time <laughs> about thinking, chefs. You're thinking of the one the, with Bradley Cooper. No, never mind. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper was in another movie where he was a chef that was disgraced and then he came back to the to the. So what the hell world. are you talking about? It's it's the one where he uh, he's a really good chef. He gets disgraced and comes back. To the- <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, but Burnt, he's, you're, he ta- starts- you're thinking about the movie Burnt. It, it's a food. Tr- it's about he starts a food truck and, and sells uh, Ruben or not Ruben because it's John Favreau direct. I don't think he, dr- he directed Burnt. Holy crap! I did not know. So, I thought these were the same damn movies, no, dude. No, nope. dude, you need to watch the like, chef. Burnt is-, is also a very good movie. I went to both of them in the theaters and loved them both. Burnt is also a very good movie, but I love. I think I like. Jake chef went more. to a movie about chefs. <laughs> Surprise, dude! It, it's so so. That was good. rude. <laughs> <laughs> I can say but, I know because he weighs less than me. But uh, also, Lost in Translation was like. I really like that. That, movie. that was yeah. just like a pure movie. Uh, it was th- there was. It was so good. I really like that movie. Anyway, <clears throat> Bill Murray's in that, right? Yeah. 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 That movie is yeah. weird. You, I, if you were to ask me to explain the plot to you, I, I couldn't. Yeah, it, I it's couldn't a plotless make... movie. Uh, it, it, there, it's it's kind of a love, love like, story, there, but There not... is like one, but it kind of just gets lost in the uh, translation. In, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I see it is super... I, I suggest on. if any of it's those movies... It's a super movies, racist movie. It is. They hate Japanese people. <laughs> Um, but, movie um, in Japan about two white people <laughs> that, that dislike Japan. Yeah, they hate um, Japan. Anyway, they uh, but they like certain people. It's just some yeah. people. No, nah, I, uh, I, that was a joke. Sorry, guys. Um, Bad joke. If any, if you come across any of those four movies and have a chance to watch them, do it. They're all good. I Sweet, agree. fantastic. It's weird stuff. that you brought up those four movies and we didn't even touch Logan. Logan. Logan's so good. Oh my goodness! Like it is so good. It is good. All right, here's a question for you: hmm. Better on-screen death, Logan or Iron Man? Wait, or... Iron Man dies. <laughs> Iron Man. He gets his catchphrase in. I'm uh, waiting. I think Logan. Logan, better, yeah. better on-screen death, better, yeah. more meaningful. That's better. interesting. I don't know. Um, what about honestly, what about the, 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 too. he gets Lo, Iron Man gets his catchphrase in, and in he the gets Peter Parker it. crying over his dead body. Like, come on, again, again, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I so would good. say uh, Iron Man. Interesting. What do you think, Troy? Pop quiz. Say there. I'm gonna say Iron Man. Oh man. I'm the weird uh, one. Okay. Oh, weird. Um, I'm used Logan's to it now. great though. Weird. Chris lost. That's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> before we move on, I wanted to say that I have been uh, caught up in podcast drama for some weird reason. Um, but my favorite uh, YouTube personality and podcaster is a guy named Colin Moriarty, and he's this like this is so crazy. Yeah, you've heard about it? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been following this stuff. It's- so Colin, Baxter and Colin, he started off on IGN. He is a very Republican individual, but he's not. Super conservative, yeah. But he, yeah, but he's not like, he's not like conservative by like the. He's not far right? No, he's not. He's definitely not far alt right, but he's, he gets labeled that. Okay. But he's like. He's very. So does Ricky Gervais, though. So he's very, um, like a consistent Republican. He's like, 
No, I don't want government in anyone's house telling you what to do at all. So I'm for abortion. I'm for gay marriage. I'm for legalized marijuana. Sure. Yeah. I'm for anything that the government tells you not to do. I'm against that. So, um, but that being he's said, also not afraid to speak his mind. Yeah. On on like the internet mm -hmm. and so what's the drama? Consequences. So he made a joke a couple of years ago. It was, it was the Women's March Day without women, and he tweeted out, "Ah, peace and quiet." Right. And then he went and took a shower. When he came back, he lost his job. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was that. And so he got labeled this like Pepe Frog alt-right looking like, like this is our hero. This is our guy that's going to st stand up and fight against SJWs. That's not that. That's not who he is. And he and he was just like, don't do this to me. Don't yeah. put me in that. That's not what I want. So so he, he branched off. He, he left his company. He was like making six figures. He left his company started his own people followed him they listened to him They're like oh he's not with us like he hates donald trump he hates the things that like these, these yeah. like, alt writers yeah he's anyway yeah. I so politics and politics so now he's labeled this thing but he's not this thing and i there's a lot of stuff i disagree with him on but i still listen to him because he's super interesting cat so he like recently rented a booth. He he has a podcast. His, his show is called Collins Last Stand CLS, and he does politics. He does fireside chats. He does video games, and the video game one is called Sacred Symbols. And the Sacred Symbols are like the triangle, square, circle, and X for PlayStation. So he got a booth at PAX West. Uh, sold all of his tickets. All of his people support him. They they all got their plane tickets to go, and then they canceled on him. And they canceled on him without explanation. The conference did? Yeah. The conference canceled on him, and they it was last second. They kind of canceled on him last second, and they Ooh. didn't give him a reason for for canceling. So all these people that bought their tickets, because he had a panel, and they were going to go see the panel, too. And they canceled. Now all these people that bought the tickets to go see him are out of money. They, they're just out. And they wouldn't refund the people. Wow. They wouldn't, they wouldn't refund, refund the oh, people because wow. there's people that bought the tickets solely to see him. Yeah. That's the and only they, reason they, they bought the tickets. And they paid to see the his ticket. panel too. Yeah. And they, yeah, exactly. And they wouldn't refund. They refunded Colin, but they wouldn't refund anyone else that paid to go see. To, and so, Dang. yeah. Wow. But it's because there was a, a backlash. Like, do you have any idea who you're bringing on your show? This is an alt-right racist. And so they were bullied, probably bullied into canceling him. So they didn't give him an explanation. But, but he's in a situation where the people on the left that are calling him alt-right hate him. Yeah. And the alt-right hates him because he's not alt-right. Right. So he's like stuck between these, right. these exactly. uh, factions. And, and he's places. putting out great, stuff, great content. Um, but it's, he's like, I just want to play video games. <laughs> he, well, he, he talks about politics. He talks about like whatever he wants. But everything he has to say is super interesting. <laughs> um, so I feel bad for the dude. He's like... He's like, listen, I can't afford to refund you my fans back, but I'm going to try. So he's trying to pay all the money back to these people out of his own pocket to people that bought uh, a ticket to go see him. It's it's embarrassing. Like It's embarrassing in the industry that they would do that to somebody. It's craziness. Dude, on one of his fireside chats, like in a row, he had – because fans reach out to him and they're like, hey, I'll bring you on my show. Let's talk because I, I want to hear things from your perspective. And in a row, he had a person starting a podcast. I was like, hey, it's kind of like me. And the next person was living with Tourette's. I was like, hey, that's me. And the next person was Mormon. And I was like, dude, I could have been all three for you. Like in, in one show, that could have been me. That's funny. Um, That's funny. 
Yeah. Uh, if you if you guys have never heard him, you should check him out. Um, I know he was on like Joe Rogan and stuff for a while. Uh, Joe Rogan brought him on to tell a story. Dave Rubin. He, he's on Dave Rubin's show all the time. Hmm. Uh, he's an interesting dude. Interesting. Yeah. And th- this drama is crazy. And, and it's getting swept under the rug. Like, the only way you hear about it is if you, like... On Twitter. Uh, I didn't stuff like I didn't that. hear about it. Yeah. yeah. So this is for some here, man. Interesting. Honestly, that's... Uh, like, Joe, Joe Rogan, you kind of have to take his stuff with a grain of salt. But, like, if anything, he's giving exposure to a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it's pretty cool. because pretty Because cool. millions of people listen to his podcast. And yeah. so millions of people have heard his story. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Interesting stuff. I, I followed that and I was, it was so weird. It was just it was just an odd situation. All I, around. I honestly like feel bad for him because he he has his friends in the industry, and when this was all happening, when he was like, "This is the enemy," let's all gang up on him. Like none of the people that he worked with, like no, that's not him. They just like let's get on well, him. Well, it's because it's I mean it's survival of the fittest. You kind of exactly. Have to, it's it's He's like camp, like camp I don't culture. I don't dare. Like, if, if this happened to one of you guys and one of us is like, well, I don't dare, like, stand up for you because it might you, – you, it'll drag me down yeah. too. It, it's exactly really weird to make a – realistic thinking. It's really weird to make a, <laughs> a business decision or, like, a personal decision based, based entirely on business. Like, it, it's just odd. Well, influencer – like, being an influencer – as much as I hate that word, that it's real, and and being an influencer is literally personal stuff. It's like you're putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and your your own thoughts. So fascinating. Well, let's uh, move on. Our podcast episode this week is going to be another Mount Rushmore uh, entry. So uh, we'll turn our time over to Troy. Who is bringing us our next Mount Rushmore candidate? All right, I'm. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to play this out. The topic of the episode is Inception, so this is the movie we're talking about. So, um, boom. And I was just leaning back in my chair and gave myself a jump. So I am awake here. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, so um, Inception is uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's it's on the uh, bra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's on the uh, if if I have a personal Troy Mount Rushmore, it's it's right up there. It's it's up there anyway. So um, I remember watching this movie. Well, why don't you start your own podcast and put it up there? Okay, I will. Okay. Um, anyway, Troy's Mount Rushmore has like I'll make my own podcast with cocaine and hookers. <laughs> you don't forget the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's Mount Rushmore would have like Nolan standing above him, like God. Coming, okay, so I do love I do love Nolan and, and, and Superman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get, I'm right. seeing like a uh, Monty Python where he's like, stop groveling. I'm averting my eyes on Nolan. So, all right. So you brought it up. You brought up Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan directed, uh, wrote, directed and produced. We, we make Inception. fun of you, but like what director today gets people like this excited You can make about? fun of me all you want. That, that's what I'm saying. Nolan. We do make fun of you, but we all feel the same way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just the one that's, that's most vocal about it. Right. I get it. I get it. But like uh, this movie was actually what made Chris Nolan my favorite director i it wasn't it wasn't the dark knight like like i i tell this to people like batman begins was uh the movie i um i noticed him you know like it was yeah. like oh he he can do a good batman movie he he, he treated this character with Dude, he's the reason why i saw um what's the movie with the magicians 
uh, prestige. Prestige. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. I, I like. I would have never saw a movie like that. Yeah. At that age. I didn't I like, see oh, that Batman one. Batman Begins director. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't see that one because I was on an LDS mission. Um, yeah. And then uh, when I came back, I. Um, when I came back from my mission, uh, The Dark Knight had just come out and I was like, oh wow, this movie is fantastic. This director definitely knows what he's doing. And then I saw Inception and I was like, it was like out of the Batman universe, you know, and then I saw Inception. I was like, he's he's my favorite. Yeah. All time, all time favorite director. And like his other stuff, Insomnia, Memento, I, I could go on and on and on about, and you know who else is, could is Jason Gray. Like we probably will have a, a Chris Nolan episode at yeah. some point, but this is a Mount Inevitability. Rushmore. To give it, to well, the, we need to do it soon before more movies come out. <laughs> <laughs> to, to back up a little bit, talk about Mount Rushmore. If you uh, if you're just joining us um, in this regard, we uh, the Cold Bowl Podcast has a Mount Rushmore of films. It's not necessarily the best. It's not necessarily even some of our favorites. Uh, Inception is not my all time favorite movie, but this is the Mount Rushmore of the Cold Bowl Podcast, and we are presenting movies to each other, and we all have to vote unanimously, unanimously on whether that movie. Uh, is up on Mount Rushmore right got, now. We got, got two movies. Two movies up there: um, Secret Life Secret, of Walter Mitty uh-huh. and Mad Max Fury Road. Secret Life of Walter Mitty is Jake's. Mad Max Fury Road is Chris's, um, and I am submitting Inception. Um, so, and you can expect Dora Lost City to of be gold. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, getting pretty good reviews. <laughs> yeah. Guys, like I, Andy Circus plays Boots. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Andy searches. <laughs> you mocap for that, that, that took me like three seconds to register what you just said. <laughs> they got Danny McBride to play the map. It's awesome. <laughs> Danny McBride, he's, he gets into every episode. <laughs> he's a regular. Matt BR, shut up. We need to have him on this podcast. Don't ever tell me what to do ever again. Danny McBride, uh, the next James Bond. Can you be on our podcast? On, on, on anyway. Um, I actually Googled that once. I saw a funny picture. <laughs> it was him in a tux, but like the sleeves were torn off. <laughs> <laughs> he was holding a gun. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the first thing that I'm going to say about Inception, and I actually mentioned this to Scott earlier. I think I mentioned it to Chris. I can't remember. Um when I saw it, it has been a while since I've seen Inception and when I turned it on and the music came on and everything, it honestly felt like I was watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot that I kind of forgot about and that I, that I just appreciated again all over. And, and when, like, when you mentioned to me, mentioned that to me earlier, I kind of, I kind of had the same feeling. Yeah. I didn't realize it, but then, and then, and then thinking about it, it still seems pretty modern. It seems like yeah. it it's almost 10 years old, and it seems like it holds up. Yeah, 10 years old next year. It, it definitely yeah. holds up. It's nine years old now. It, okay, it, it came out in 2010, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, so it's nine years old this last July. So next year it'll be 10 years old. That's crazy. That means he made that movie like in two years. From Dang, I was living to... in – that's when I was living in Idaho. Mm-hmm. I remember it seeing it out. with Chris and J- we all saw no, it together. I didn't see. It. I was in Idaho. I saw. I saw it with you. Yeah, I saw it with Chris. The crazy I, thing I is, I do remember calling and you. I remember seeing it in Idaho and then and then calling you guys and we sat and talked about it for on on speakerphone. That, that was like the early days of the four guys uh, blog, <laughs> dude. <laughs> We've been talking a, about this movie for years. I bro. saw this movie in the theater. I don't remember. I think I saw it with Wilbur, my my buddy Wilbur. What's up, Wilbur? Wilbur is the best person in the world at getting you to see a movie but not saying a damn thing about it <laughs> so he's like yeah dude it's really good and whenever he says that like it probably blew his socks off so we he didn't tell me anything 
but he just kind of watches me for like reactions. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was watching you. And it, that movie blew my mind. The next day, I was like, we got to go. I think I saw it with Scott then and like your family, I want to say. Something like that, yeah. I and think you saw, saw it with it. me as well. Yeah. So Maybe then we all there. saw it again. It was the very next day. Is that like the district? Thing? Yeah. And then the next day, I saw it again with Kylie's parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that third time in a row, I was like, I don't need to see this movie for 10 years. And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie was, uh, for me, like this movie was the first Blu-ray I bought when I bought blu-ray players right and i bought my flat screen tv all that stuff like i was like if there's a movie i want in hd like blu-ray hd it's yeah it's a visually stunning movie um uh you you mentioned it came out uh two years after the dark knight a little bit of a little fact i learned about inception is that it actually took uh chris and his brother jonathan eight years to write the script oh really yeah they wrote the script uh they wrote the yeah they wrote the script the story Mm -hmm. like so he so uh chris nolan (coughs) Um, he pitched it to Warner Brothers in like 2002 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and then, uh, and they gave him the green light and so like, write your script and we'll do it. So he spent the next eight years writing the script. Just give me the green light. Mm-hmm. So it's wild. Yeah. That is so crazy. Anyway, I want to hear about what you guys think about it. Um, oh wow. We were all going <laughs> to, who wants to go first? <laughs> you said, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I said this earlier. And this isn't a bad thing at all. It's not. It sounds like I'm being negative, but I'm not. But this is like the movie. This movie is a prime example of the audience's willingness to forgive something that doesn't make sense in a movie. Um, like I think I think the term you're looking for is is uh, is suspend your disbelief. N- not not necessarily because it's a movie about dreams. Yeah, but like there's a movie about Batman. You're like, well, that's not really real unless you have. 77 billion dollars what i mean is like it's like something doesn't quite make sense but you're like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you're in a dream and and the story continues so so you're suspending your disbelief no that's not what i'm saying let's move on from that what are you what are you getting getting out um well just like there's a lot of stuff that like once you question it it starts to like oh yeah i don't really understand that and and the movie is explaining it to you and you just accept their answer and that's that's okay um but there there's some movies where like you can just pick it apart you know and that's and that's when you're like oh yeah that, that kind of bugs me like like lion king it happened with lion king we picked it apart until we're like maybe i was watching it with rose-colored glasses or something that's not the case with inception i wasn't watching it with rose-colored glasses glasses it's a great movie um but it's a movie where nolan sets up these rules like these are the rules of an of dream heist these are the rules of shared dreaming shared dreaming these are the rules of incepting a concept into your mind now let's break all those rules for my movie and i was like that's really bold mm-hmm. like it seems like something that should have happened in a trilogy but he did it all in one movie sure okay. um i don't know if that makes sense that's just kind of watching it this time again I was like, yeah, like he, he sets up these rules and he was like, I am the dreamer. You are the whoever and you fill my dream with your projections, except for DiCaprio. He can project into everybody's dream. Um, so your, so reason. your thing was why is Mal in everybody? No, but, but there, there's there's a lot of things. But but my my point is I saw it three times in a row in the theaters. I didn't think about it once until way It later. wasn't until after because mm-hmm. I remember thinking that – um, the last few times I've watched it and it, but it wasn't until after the movie was over and I was actually thinking about it and I was like, okay, 
So there's a dreamer, and that dreamer is the one who populates. Who, no, Bill, who has the 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 maze. So the dreamer has the maze, and then there's the subject, and the subject populates okay. the maze. But for some reason, Leonardo DiCaprio brings his his projections in with him when nobody else does. So Ariadne never brings her projections in, but for some reason, DiCaprio can. So maybe because his are so I, strong. But like, I like I, I do, or does everybody bring their? But that's but, that but, would be my answer. Is but, I would say, but in, does. in when he's teaching Ariadne about it, he says sometimes we interview the projections. Because they're part of the the subject's subconscious, subconscious. Right, yeah. so we interview those, and that's sometimes how we get the information out of out of the subject. And so it's like, okay, well, you wouldn't know which projections are whose, so sure. it has to be from, mm-hmm. unless it's. But for some reason, and, Mal, and that Mal right there. comes in. But but that's only after I watch it and I'm thinking and I'm thinking. And, and that I'm, is such a I'm, confusing concept, too, that like, no, this is my dream, but somebody else is filling in the gaps. But so are you. And I was like, but but how do they do that? Like, I, and but they, they say that's what's happening. I need you just take that answer. And just well, go, okay. well, and it's so, because uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like running on the wall and stuff. You're, you're busy yeah, with, with the exactly, awesome visuals. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I can I can understand like kind of getting lost on who's dreaming, who's, who's subconscious. They even say that yeah. like, whose dream are we in right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing with that is I, I think that they're all sharing their own projections because they're dream sharing. And the reason the, the example I'm going to point out is that uh, in the first level, when they were in L.A., it was raining when, when they're actually doing the, the heist. Yeah, it was raining. And that was the, because the chemist had, didn't go to but, the bathroom. So he had to pee. But the projections were were fishers because they were attacking them. But it well, was well, but it was the, his dream. So I think I think the, the chemist was the, the dreamer okay. in the first dream. Then it was, uh, then it was um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joseph Arthur. Gordon-Levitt, Arthur, in the, and then in the hotel, it, in the hotel, and then it was Eames at the in the See, snow. And I, and I thought it was Cillian Murphy was a third level, but Cillian Murphy was the subject on all three. Oh, C- I see. Cillian Murphy filled it with his projections on all three. See, and I thought in the um, because they were attacking them on all three levels, yeah, and it's Cillian Murphy uh, because. It's his projection because you're, if you remember, they said, "Oh, okay." In the hotel, it, we're, we're watching um, his his step or his, his uh, godfather's projection be what he thought it was going to be based on based what on the previous based dream. on the previous dream. And then in the last one, it has to be his projections because it had to be his dad. Yeah. That was in there that he projected and, his dad. And that's where Ariadne's like, "Wait, whose dream are we going into?" And they say, "Cillian Murphy." They, they like they say his name. What's his name in the movie? Robert Fisher. Fisher. They, they say we're going into Fisher's, and then Eames is like, "Ah, oh, I was going to break into his own vault." Brilliant. But was that his dream? Because they, he died in it, and then it, it would have fallen apart, like they already set up at the beginning. But they were still dreaming, like like. But they were dreaming in so, Eames's so it, world, so it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been him. I don't know. That, that's where when I when I start to ask questions. Yeah, when you start when you start asking questions, you start thinking I think about it. An it's infographic like, about all this. It's like, <laughs> what in the world is going on here? Hey, and, and it also shows why Ariadne is super necessary because yeah. she's she's us. 
Yeah, she's yeah. They're, they're explaining everything to her. Yeah, she's a fish out of water. Now that you know the rules, let's slip them on their head and, and yeah. put a freight train to I, the I, middle of L.A. And then if we awesome, could all just be go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt and get a kiss out of it, then... And like, that's... Uh, um, it's kind of the genius about the movie is that it's. I think it's meant to be feel so deep that you can't understand it, mm-hmm. and so breaking the rules like that was like, oh, I guess there must be some reason why this rule got broken. It's we just don't understand that, it. And so and so it, it adds a, a level of depth to that, the lore. That's the thing about that is that when you when you take a concept like dreams that ultimately have no rules and you start adding rules, the rules mm-hmm. don't matter anyway. Because so you can start to de- deconstruct it. You can start to pull the strings or whatever. But ultimately, there are no rules. It's it's a dream. And the thing is, is like you have of all. Well, and they of, they showed that when right. when Ariadne first started constructing dreams, and mm-hmm. she like flipped the city on top of itself, and then she raised the bridge over the the mm-hmm. busy road, and then she created. The the, the, pathway. G, the pathway with the mirrors and stuff. There's no rules. She just created it. Yeah. But just by pure creation. And so it's, it's very interesting the way it shows that there's no rules. And it shows uh, Arthur do that when he's in the hotel and he's running up the stairs. So he's yeah. running down the stairs. And the next thing you know, he's behind the guy because he's able to just like, because he's the dreamer. Yeah. He's able to create the, the, the he, paradox yeah, he and push the guy over the edge. So he was able to do that, but that's only because he was the dreamer. If it was Eames in the hotel, Eames wouldn't have been able to do it. Uh, because it had to be the dreamer. So is that why they left him behind? I, 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 that's yeah, the thing, though. you I, leave I, the person. That's why the 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 chemist got left behind on the first level, and then uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt got left behind on the second level. I gotcha. love that they all have titles for their heist. Yeah, like there's an architect, a forger, yeah. a chemist, um, point man. With, uh, Arthur was a point man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so to what you were saying as well is that you take obviously the main character Cobb. Um, he had the one with the most to lose. He had the one that the, with the backstory that we're all that we're all learning. I think honestly anybody can bring projections into it, but at the same time it matters. It depends on the weight because they are all sharing dreams. Ariadne says herself, "Why are why like you should tell people if we're going to be sharing dreams together, right? Right. And so but the, the whole point though is that. He says in the very beginning, he said the, the point is that we we interview the projections to get information right, I get out that. of them. I get that. And you, how would you know if that projection is from the subject or from you or from someone else? It, it, so so I I, th- I, th- I think the consistency with what Cobb brings in is it's always the same person. It's always the same thing. So so it's never just like strangers that he brings in to, to fill a world. It's always this one person. It's that, his wife and his kids. Yeah. So so, so it's not... I, I think it's a special case where the, those <coughs> memories or those projections are so strong in his brain that they follow him everywhere. I think that's, that's probably the case. I mean, he built a mind memory prison. So that, he, he, it you know seems I mean? like, like he's, he's gone... Like out of anyone in the world, he's probably gone more... He's gone deeper into this. Type. Well, he is the best extractor. He also spent spent what fifty years in limbo. Exactly. Yeah. So, mind, so like, like out of everyone, he limbo? has the most. What? What's limbo? I'm not going to go into this because because that's that's the other thing about that. That's the other thing. If you start thinking, is because what it seems like is where him and and Mal started building all that stuff was four levels deep. 
It was not necessarily uh, according to the limbo. movie that we saw. Yeah, it was four cool. levels deep because limbo technically is where him and Saito got together. Yeah, where at he the had end. Like black eyes. Not black eyes, but his like. He had dark. He had, know, yeah, you know, and that's and himself. that's that's limbo. Limbo is not the fourth level where he built all that stuff with with what's her name. Yeah, because well, and he explains it because he because they say going deeper than three levels will take you automatically to limbo. But I mean, that's what they say. But I, I think, think they also he, uh, heavily talked about the power of the sedation as well. And, and, but that that kind of bugged me Being because that, they're like, like they, if you die in a dream, you wake up unless it's important to our movie. Um, to to have heavy sedation send you automatically to limbo and you die, but you can go there. I mean, that, that, that didn't bother me as me. much. It definitely they, bothers me because okay. they set this rule and they changed it, right? Because it get, because it raises the stakes. Well, they the have to, but right? the I mean, but the logic the logic is clean. Not really, like you, yeah. But if you die in limbo, then you don't wake up. You just go back to the level where you were before. Well, yeah, because well, well, the, 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 the is, is that limbo. It's jo- that Joseph Gordon-Levitt <clears throat> was shot in the very beginning at Saito's palace, and then he woke up in, at the... That's what like, I'm saying. They, you, set, they set those rules. Unless you have a chemist. But they were, they were sedated with the chemist sedation in every single level. I understand why they're doing it. I'm just saying it, I don't like it. Okay. I'm saying that it bothers me right. because it, they set the rules. It is and, somewhat bothersome. And then you go to limbo um, when you die. Right, but in limbo you die again, and then you go one level up. But the, I don't know. So that, but that's, it's not limbo. That, that's the debate because is where, because is where Cillian she, Murphy was never in limbo. He was he was four he was a fourth level down, but four four levels down is but, not limbo. But, but Saito was there. Saito was not four levels down. Saito was in limbo, which is a different plane entirely. Uh, so how did DiCaprio get there then? Because he died when the when the uh, the he died with Saito in the van in the river because they never pulled him out of the. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, van. that's right, that's right. So uh, yeah, and again. So he went to li- he went to limbo, which is a different plane entirely. Yeah, so it's, but they say that they're in limbo, like the whole time. Yeah, yeah but do, then but... they keep talking about limbo as that fourth level down. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe limbo is that fourth level down, but where where DiCaprio and Saito were was. Was a different thing entirely and not limbo. So maybe calling the fourth level limbo is just a confusing, like red herring type thing. <laughs> yeah, it, this is what we're talking about. Where yeah. when you start thinking about it, like <clears throat> you start really start thinking about the movie, it's like, whoa. Yeah, and, and spending eight done? years on a script, yeah. you know they poured over this, and they know, like Christopher Nolan knows. Yeah, it'd be a good conversation to have with him. Yeah. Like Jake even said, he's like, no, you only you only go to limbo when you die in the first level, and I was like. Do you? Is that yeah. is, is that the rule? Unless you're Cillian Murphy and you get shot by Mal, then you can go to lim- or the fourth level with her or something. And then and then well, the he fact got, that he, he got shot. So then he the fact that he was shot, and he does, went to the fourth level, but he went, but he should, but he should have went to limbo. Does medical science work the same in dreams? Because he got shot and then spent. 20 minutes being protected by dying Saito while while Eames was out setting charges and then Eames comes in with a with a defibrillator and brought him back to life yeah at 20 minutes after being shot and for some reason he came back to life yeah because he died saying, in like the fourth the, level in dreams there's no rules yeah well, well I mean but they they but they made the rules but but there are because if there's no rules then he shouldn't have died in the first level. Unless 
you're the one and you can stop the bullets. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> no, no, no. It's just, and, and, and look, we're not complaining. We're, I, this is I what seriously we're saying. No, I, I appreciate the conversation. I really yeah, do. It's, it's, it's just it's a fun exercise. Yeah, no, I get it, it. it. It's when you start, when it's like, it's like doing a movie about time travel. When you start trying to poke holes in it, it's, it, right. It right. really starts to like, Oh man, there's like, a lot to think about. One thing that was driving me crazy for no reason, because it's a movie about dreams, but they have their dream machine, this like intricate machinery that works, and you just like wrap it around your wrist. So you, no one knows what they're doing with it. They just like touch themselves with it and they fall asleep. And then they they're, they're in the dream world. They're like, oh look, here's another one. And they like they dream this machine, yeah. And then they use it, and the, like here's another the one. Architect just <laughs> includes it. No, no, the architect doesn't populate the world. No. So it have to be the the, dreamer. the subject that populates. But no, who the is dreamer? Because it's part of the world. <laughs> you can bring, is it part of the world? Bring, yeah, because the subject guns, like, the subject only. Yeah, exactly. You you can make whatever you want. Yeah. So you why can, is that a big deal? You can because it's just weird. Like you can, I, I'm going to dream this machine, and it'll just work. Do you have to know? Then, but then you have machine, to know how the machine about works. Pulling a bazooka then, out of your wallet. But then this work. machine, I don't get it. This machine puts you one level deep again inside the dream again. So it's just a weird. Concept. Do you have it to just know? Puts you to sleep. It just puts it's you just to sleep, a weird so, concept. No, I get it. Machine. Do you have it. to know how the machine works? No. In order to 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 for it to put I guess you, you'd another... have to know how you would have to know how a grenade launcher works for Eames to make that. Yeah, yeah. To but Eames never made it. It was already there because it, it yeah. looks like he just pulled it out of his pocket, like a right. Or but something. he wasn't the dreamer in that first level. It was the chemist that was the dreamer. So he must have. So that whoever architected that dream must have included. So the subject had to have included. The subject it. just. However, that was people? the be- that was one of my favorite lines in the whole movie when he says, "You've got to learn how to dream bigger, darling," and then pulls out the grenade. Launcher. I love his that banter was with such, Arthur. That was seriously. And I shall leave them on a merry chase. I shall lead them on a merry chase. <laughs> yeah, their, their their banter back and forth. Okay, let's stop poking holes in it now. Let's <laughs> let's get on yeah. to. Wait, wait, I want yeah. one thing explained. Okay. Is why did they have to set charges in the snow world in the to snow to kick? Ball. I know, but who are they kicking? Themselves. Themselves. They're, yeah. I thought, but which way does the kick go? The kick goes where there's sleep. See, and this is another so, thing. So the kick goes the other direction, or which direction? No, they're the waking themselves up. They're killing the themselves. Of. They're killing know, them. But but they're, they're but they're in they're in the wrong dream to be kicked. Well, because like, he, he's setting it up for himself and them when they wake up. But I think so what I think what they're doing the, is they're they killing the music, themselves. They need to jump or something. Oh, they're killing themselves. They're killing it. themselves. They're not killing. because because her kick in the fourth level was jumping off the building. Yeah. So and I then th- her th- then when she died down there, she woke up and got the kick up on the next level. But and then and then logic, the, when they die again, she should just go right back. And then the, the hospital yeah. the hospital collapsed and she died and then she woke up in the elevator and then when the elevator hit the bottom she died See, i don't think the i always thought it was a feeling it was, of falling it was the feeling of falling the feeling yeah, of falling yeah, is the, what the woke elevator up. It wasn't dying from the well snow then level. well then then exactly then so, there's so another the that's level? the other why, why, why were they falling in this the snow is level? what we're saying because <laughs> the feeling of falling is what wakes them up if you die you'd go back to the no no because because he had to set the charges while they were asleep to create a kick what were they kicking from they were kicking from the fourth level they had to wake they had to they had to they had to have a kick on there when when they woke up from the fourth so why did Ariadne jump Kill off the? Why did she jump level? off the building? Because she had to. So, it, dude, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And why did it not bring? And bring, why is Why it, did it not bring? Uh, Cobb um, back. back. And if that's a hypothetical fourth level and not limbo, then she should have went to a fifth level when she died. 
No. No, that's when you die, you go back up a level. Except, except Saito. Except for Cillian Murphy. Except for Cillian Murphy, who well, Saito Saito goes to goes to limbo because he died on the first level. Oh yeah, in the in the van. In the van, he died in the van before they even hit the water, but. but unless you're Cillian Murphy, if you're Cillian Murphy, unless and you're you important die, to the plot, if you're Cillian Murphy and you die in the snow level, then you go to the fourth level. Okay. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> so it, this movie has. No, I'm not going to say stuff problem. I never questioned before. Never questioned <laughs> once until I was asked to do a deep dive on it. On a I question. I questioned <laughs> it the last time I watched it, and then I watched it today. Mm-hmm. And while I was watching it today, I was like. Oh God, I love this movie. This is so great. No, and, I love every bit honestly, of it. Honestly, none of this takes away from the movie. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Like, no, that, it's, that's it's what I meant by movie. forgiveness of the audience. Yeah, but to then just at accept. the same time, we spent twenty minutes talking about it. We spent <laughs> well, twenty minutes talking about poking holes in it. So does it? Like, I'm not. No, I'm, no, like, I'm, I'm not, not trying to like sit here and be like, oh, you guys got to vote for my movie. Like, honestly. Does it but does it ruin the movie for no, us? Not even it, a little. Why do we spend twenty minutes? It doesn't about ruin it? the movie. I'm just saying I've never seen a movie that has this many plot holes. Plot holes. I say with air quotes because I can't think for lack of a better term. Yeah. Where the audience just goes, yeah, it's okay. I'm just okay just with that. strings that you can kind of pull out. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it does not it. ruin the movie and, and, at all. And honestly, because it's Christopher Nolan, I, I feel like he has such a good handle on his scripts. It's there for a reason. It's there just to talk about like this. I, th- I think it's a brilliant move to make your movie like so deep in the psyche of the of the watchers that it's impossible it's like it's so hard not to, to make this to have Dude, this conversation <laughs> jake said something earlier i don't want to steal your thunder but he was like the, he's like yeah there's plot holes but you know what really bothered me go ahead <laughs> oh the the part the part that i I got it the first time I watched it was when they were in the snow, (laughs) when they were in the snow. And he was like, he's like, did, did Eames add any, any extra things? And she says, yes, he added a a ventilation system that would allow us to, to shortcut the maze. And he goes, and he goes, well, tell everyone. And she goes, I don't think you should hear it. And he goes, we don't have time for this. Just tell everyone. And then it was like, okay. Take your headphones out and plug your ears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that way, that way, Mal doesn't know. <laughs> if you just take your headphones out and plug your ears, but for some reason la, you la, had la, to la, listen, la, 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 la. like for some reason you had to listen to it so that I Mal can get the same thing. But again, you immediately forget about that because they're jumping over each but other. But that on, was on, uh, that was bills. that was the single moment in the movie. The first time I watched it, and every time I watch it, there's only one moment in the movie that I think to myself. God, what are you doing? What that that that's the one plot hole that I would call a plot hole that bothers me, and that's that's it. Okay, it's, it's the like, one. It's thing. like the problem with like if you if you just had a phone, you would solve all your issues. Yeah, if, yeah. if the person had a cell phone, yeah, all these issues would be. That's, but neither here nor there. Sure. So that's the one thing that I listened to that I was like, or that I saw, and I was like, God, I, I have a, a question for you guys now. Now that we're done crapping on it. <laughs> or pl- I don't even think we're crapping on it. I, I, I was kind of poking. Uh, is this <laughs> the greatest heist movie ever made? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's not a time heist. So. <laughs> I would say so. It's my favorite heist yeah, movie. I, I like the I idea so that too. in a heist, a traditional heist, you're trying to take something, but in this in this one, pretty they're putting it to, in. They're well, because they're trying to extract something. Um, 
But well, they're convincing I mean. Cillian Murphy that he's extracting something. Yeah, yeah. But really, they're incepting. Because like, well, deeper than that. Because there's there's a moment in this where Eames, he's my favorite character in the movie, but he just treats us like it's a job. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, we failed, and he's like, oh darn, I thought we were really gonna get this one. All right, let's go. Like he was unfazed because it was like, and he was like, well. I'm not the one that's going to go to jail when we land the airplane. Like he, like he di- could not care less. Yeah. About this, it. this movie, like made Tom Hardy. Yeah, I was Dude. gonna, I was gonna point that out. That like, um, obviously, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was was well known, and he's done stuff, great stuff before and after. Um, I want him to work with Nolan again. I do too. I do too. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, this best, kind of best movie he's ever been in. Right. Um, this movie kind of um, really got him noticed again. Um, and I think that like Mar and I were talking about this and we we're like, why, why isn't he like after this movie, he had more, he had, uh, some roles, uh, what do you call them when you're the, the top build person, the lead actor, lead, lead role. Yeah. Leader, he's had uh, some lead roles. And I think that that's where he kind of like, you don't really hear from him, see him much anymore, but I think that he plays a great, a fantastic, uh, supporting role. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I mean, he did so good in this one. And then, uh, I even liked, um, and then obviously Tom Hardy, this this really catapulted his career too. Yeah, um, that introduction to Tom, to Tom Hardy Eames. Oh yeah, in Mombasa, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was eating, but he just like was so confident. I know. <laughs> like, I loved him. Like, it was like it him. was like his suit or something. Like yeah. he would, yeah. he looked like he owned like a high class titty bar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the way he was dressed, loafers without socks. <laughs> but I mean, even uh, some other great uh, performances was Ellen Page. Um, yeah, as, I thought uh, Ellen Page as, was great. Yeah, she was great. I uh, she was when I if if you want to talk about things that you didn't like as much, she was the one I thought was the weakest when I first watched it. But then time and time again, I like her more and more. Uh, then you have uh, she's Michael, a bit nosy mm. when when I'm watching it. She's yeah. Like, like, she okay. goes, she's like, yeah. oh, look, he's alone. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. What's that? She, runs, she, sees the, the she runs the elevator and goes to the basement. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, that was rude. I liked, uh, <laughs> yeah. I liked Silly Murphy. That that moment when he walks into the uh, the room with his dad and you just like see, see his bawling. face. Well, when he's walking in and then he goes and, he, and his Dude, dad says, disappointed th- that you tried, was like, oh, wow. It's weird that nobody feels bad for this guy, too, because they're like screwing with his life. They're like, but it's all for like, but, but it's like it turns out that's a positive the point. thing for him. And then is it because now now I mean it's uh, not reality. But now Saito is just like oh cool now I'm gonna now my company makes more money. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean they're, they're trying to, to well, uh, prevent a what's monopoly, the difference? Right? He talks about it in uh, Cobb talks about it. he says he calls it corporate espionage and that's exactly yeah. what it is. What's the difference between stealing something? Yeah, if, he, if you steal a piece of information, no, that's that, what I'm saying. It's just funny that like you, there's you, no sympathy for him. But, sure. but when you when you do this type of corporate espionage, you have to be up close and very personal yeah. with the yeah, man. I got you. Yeah, and so but, but, but you have to be time, pretty steel hearted. To they, they, they explain it so so many times that like you wake up from a dream and you like barely remember it and stuff and so he's waking up from it and it's not he didn't he experienced those really heavy things you know but by the time he wakes up and is walking out of the airplane it's just like a distant memory and an incepted it'll grow like a weed or whatever they say but um so so it's it's like he experienced it but he didn't yeah like three levels down it's crazy it's crazy dude and that and and all this stuff that we've been talking about is part of what makes this movie great is thinking it ma- it's a movie that makes you think i know and it forces and you to have arguments with your friends it, it absolutely does like it, like 
the way it ended makes you argue with your friend. Like it, it's, I honestly think he wrote it and filmed it in a way that would like spark conversation and keep people talking about it mm-hmm. for years. I, the ending to this might be my favorite ending. Oh, yeah. To a the movie. fact that you didn't see it, like the, the, the top. That it yeah. started well, to topple just the tiniest bit. Well, and and then if you think about it a little bit, the fact that you don't know means that he just incepted, incepted the audience yeah. the audience was the, your with reality it, real with, with the yeah. no with, with just the idea was that a dream or wasn't it right just right. the fact that he didn't show it toppling over like oh you've been incepted yeah unless you think about like oh i've been incepted but then have yeah. you <laughs> I, I remember I, this happened a lot to people when when i talked to people about it but i remember watching it and then when the ending happened and it just cuts to black and you see inception there was this lady in the theater she goes what the f- <laughs> I think he's gone on record and said that that was real, but the ending was to make you think that it wasn't. Yeah, and and, and like Maul, who was yeah, in yeah. actual life. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to get into it, there a lot of people did. Like, there's a lot of stuff like like when Cobb wears, wears his wedding ring, he wears it when he's dreaming, but he's mm-hmm. not. He doesn't wear it in real life. There's also the idea that like the kids that were cast when you actually finally see their face and stuff mm-hmm. are two years older than the kids they the different kids they cast that you yeah. see all throughout. There's all these different like these these different things that you're like okay he's Damn, his his attention to detail yeah. was insane yeah. in this movie and i mean the the other thing that people love to talk about when you deep dive into this movie is uh the music mm. yep and the detail the attention to de- and the the that bah the thing, timing and the yeah. fact that that big bah sound is that that French song just slowed way and Rose or something like the fact that that and and that when you're three levels deep that's what it would sound like Uh is is that kind of it's or that really kind of cool or that just subtly sometimes you'll just hear a clock yeah yeah the so the the music technique that Hans Zimmer used is the same as um What's Dunkirk? Dunkirk, where the it's a ladder and the the notes slowly mm-hmm. go up, but then it repeats over and over and over. And I was like, well, Inception has this too, and that's why like you feel it, and you're mm-hmm. like, this, it feels like a timer, like you are running out of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like the chase in Mombasa, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's well done, but like you've seen better. Mm-hmm. But the music, I, I saw this movie with with Rachel and Neil because she wanted to record this with us, but she wasn't able to make it. Uh, what's that, Rachel? Thanks for hanging out with us last week. Um, but she was watching, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, calm down!" <laughs> like when he gets stuck in the hallway, she's like, "Oh, I feel so claustrophobic right now." Yeah, that, that's another part that, uh, like Jake's um, plug your ears moment. It's like, just turn your body a little more sideways. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm gonna run straight through this thing. <laughs> nope, I'm not turning. I'm forcing myself through. <laughs> like, oh no, just turn your body. Come on, come on. That's a nitpick, but uh, yeah. But it was intense. I could have sworn he did turn his body sideways. He ended up doing I mean, it. But, but, but for a long time, he was like, like I know. Was it was, I, I, yeah, it was weird. Um, but it was it was a cool moment. You can get really really good music. Yeah. Oh, it was so uh, inside us, Zimmerman. Z- not not Zimmerman, but Zimmer man, man, uh-huh. Hans. He is so hot right now. Is he's so Hans that Zimmer Hansel. is? <laughs> he's so good. His music, everything he does is great. But this movie, I mean, 
it's so interesting how this movie influenced scores for eight years after it. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, it, we, how many movies have that yep. sound in there now? Because it's such a like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a even just in trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, it's funny that in, all the time. in Inception, it actually has meaning. In everything else, it's just there because it sounds cool. It's there because it sounds oh, cool. Oh, it's there because Inception did it. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, I was, I was thinking, this is, we talk about movies that like kind of, that change a genre. And I think this is a big milestone movie for, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know what genre this is. Highest, uh, suspense, thriller. suspense, thrill. It, it really, it's a huge milestone for that. I think, a lot of movies after this have changed because of it. I think that it also it, going on in that vein. It's a movie that I think made a lot of people think about what you could, what kind of stories you could tell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, uh, and not just the stories, but like how to tell them, like how to make, uh, like even just like the smallest things, like like the music, or like the nonlinear storytelling. You know, like when he's in a when he's. Um, spinning his his top for the first time and he putting the gun up to his head and you see like images of his kids and images of mal and like and you just see them and it's <clears> like you you're getting a glimpse into his mind you know what mm-hmm. I mean? and it's they're not inception's not the first movie to do that but they did it well you know what i mean yeah. and and then you know you go into effects like whether they were practical or special effects they were they were all intentional even to the point where fisher and browning are sitting on the beach at the end or at the at the river at the end and then uh, and then it kind of the camera turns and then you see um uh, Eames, you see Tom Hardy, right? Mm-hmm. When, yeah. like, when it kind mm-hmm. of passed. And I was watching, I was like, that's really, really well done because that, you know, that takes some, you know. Yeah, they did a yeah. lot of really cool but, things like that. But it was really when, cool how intentional it was. Every time like, Tom Hardy was changing into a different person and they had all the mirrors, mm-hmm. yeah. And it cut away, and every time it cuts back, more of his reflections are reflecting him as the other person yeah. mm-hmm. until the end when he's actually. That that is so and then cool. They did, oh, yeah. they, they did the infinite mirror thing twice. Once, yeah. in, once it, when he was teaching Ariadne, and then once in the elevator, and mm-hmm. then and then like every other one was him, and the other, all the alternating ones was the woman. Yeah, it's cool. No, it was it, it was, was awesome. It was really great, and it was like I didn't feel like the effects, like I said, whether practical or or um or special, like or graphic, um, digital, um, were like pandering were like trying to like no they, they, you know, except for the city folding over on itself that yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was that was one that was like look at how cool this effect is i disagree cuz i think that like no that's exactly what it was i mean i mean it it fit into the story very very well and they they executed it very well right. but it was absolutely like look at this cool effect it, it, that it was we're trailer able fodder to do. so it so what i'm what exactly I'm saying, what it is what i'm saying though is that when she the line that she says before it happens what happens when you start to mess with the physics and of everything and then and then what's the what's the biggest thing you could bring the moon closer right you could yeah. you could do all these crazy things with the but effects you fold the city, on, city on, on top, it, of, on top itself. of itself um like yeah it was it was incredible and that, and that seems like something an architect would do Right. Exactly. So, so, so they're very clever in making that those those big uh, special effects moments fit yeah. with the with the. Uh, oh, they executed them story perfectly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's not a knock on it, but it, a big a big high budget movie like this, 
It has to have it has to have and those the moments. exploding like the exploding yeah, street when all the yeah. all the stuff started exploding and then the different pieces yeah. started exploding. That was so cool. It was so like particle effects or something. Oh my yeah. gosh, so well it was done. rad and like it fits so well into the story that it wasn't. It, I didn't because like you said, it was this. It's this crazy and like I was saying, it's this crazy. Uh, effect where the city folds on itself the particle effects and all these different things but none of them brought me out of the story it thinking think it pulled me deeper into the story yeah. and none of it one me, level deeper one level deeper yeah. uh almost to purgatory or limbo limbo da, 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 da. <laughs> but it uh it, it just it pulled you deeper instead of pulling you out going whoa look at how cool this is which is what most of those big and uh, digital and, effects and do. we keep dancing around it for some reason but the hallway fight in the hotel might be one of the coolest things ever oh, yeah. filmed oh yeah i know and it's kind of ever. funny because by now 10 years almost 10 years later that that's been so hashed and rehashed like how they did that and, and how cool it was but I think it deserves some time Dude, I w- we the were watching they, it the fact that spins. they mounted the yeah, camera yeah, exactly. to the floor yeah. so that so that you're not watching the room spin you're watching them go up and on the ceiling you're watching the physics change in real time yeah. of a spinning van <sighs> like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's falling down a hallway and then he stands up and he jumps on the wall so it was like watching Spider-Man fight Venom or uh-huh. something but it was just like a handsome guy in a really cool suit <laughs> exactly well and the thing I noticed as but well, even in the van you like see their legs yeah. pop up but it's mounted on the yeah. floor of the van so it, it the, the perspective of how they did those those the these practical between effects the, between the levels. Oh, yeah. cool! The, the thing about that as well with the hallway scene is that like, and I noticed this when I was really like trying to pay attention to the how they were doing the effect. When I'm I'm knowing that they're rotating an actual hallway and the camera is mounted, but the camera is also moving deeper in. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it, it's, it, it's yeah, it's on a yeah, it's like on rails or something. Yeah, it, it's exactly. something. But it, it, it was really cool because it wasn't it wasn't just like a static shot of them fighting in a hallway. Right. It was moving. I love and that because it first show. The first kind of spins with the room when he's running and he's like on like the corners Uh of the room and he's running. But then when they fight, they mount the camera. Yeah. And then when when it hits and he goes flying. Uh Oh my gosh, dude! When he's running down the hallway and uh, then just suddenly like and and then he throws his hands back and his feet the rest of the time. The zero gravity. And there's this movie is 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 a heist movie. Yeah. And when they first show up in like L. A., they look like slick as fuck. They are (laughs) decked out in their sexy clothes. They're like a handsome group of people. And then they they go a level deep into the hotel, and it felt like Boardwalk Empire or something, like the way that they were dressed and like the neon lights. And then they go to like the James Bond snowmobile mountain. mountain. And what's funny is because Chris Nolan said that it was inspired by James Bond. Oh, absolutely! It totally was. You could could tell right off the bat. That movie's so cool, And, and I know that it's a dream. I don't know if that's what he was going for. I'm sure that's what he was going for. But like the team, them having their code names, their slick suits. It's a heist movie in a dream that's super deep. Uh, and it's one that there, there's not there, there is quite a bit of uh, of uh, what is it when you're explaining exposition Expo- there's quite a big exposition oh, there's but, there, but there's but there's surprisingly little exposition about like how a team works you, you just you kind of hit the ground running and just you hear the name of like a 
of, of the position on a team, like mm-hmm. the, the chemist. Point man like, chemist. Yeah, extractor. you kind of you know what it is, but I, I love how you just hit the ground running with a lot of that. Yeah. All of that, but it's internal arc because the external arc is all is all the the heist. The internal arc with with Cobb and his wife, yeah, is such is so like personal and mm-hmm. and and such a small story because everything's such a big story on the external arc. The internal arc is such a small story and so on. and so it's moving on, and that scene of when <coughs> Maul kills herself. Oh, that is yeah. It, it gets me. Every DiCaprio time. is an incredible actor, and his acting in that moment when she jumps off the edge of the building, and he just dude, I'm getting chills right now. Seriously, when I watched it today, I was it, goosebumps all over my body. Like you have got to, and then when and then when he explains, like I incepted the idea that, that there's a reality, there's a scene too where she's like, you didn't. Give her that idea, and he's like, oh, well, "I kind of did. I kind of did. <laughs> I incepted that you her reality isn't real." And I knew you're gonna do it. And that, <laughs> and that death is her only escape. Ah, <clears throat> oh, it was. And then he had to he had to see the heartbreak on her face, even though it was a it was a it was, it was a, a projection, um, projection of, of her from his own mind. He still had to see her mm-hmm, physically. Mm-hmm. Oh. But like and, even and and he did infect her mind. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was. I, that, that, but even even I the, that the even time. the suspense that they built with Mal, like when she tries to attack them in the in the hotel room, she stabs and, him in the chest at the end of the movie. Uh huh. Well, and and like when, but like when they're in the elevator, right, and they're going oh, up, yeah. and she's looking at him, like just the the suspense, like when Ariadne's first in the elevator and he's talking to her, and like she just like all of a sudden looks at the camera and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, the the suspense almost that they build, a jump scare. yeah that she's almost like a, that she's a ghost right that yeah. you know she's dead and so anything that you see has to be a ghost right mm-hmm. but um just, but he has her trapped in a prison right oh it's so and creepy. It, it's like yeah it's creepy too because you only see her from Ariadne's perspective the audience us mm-hmm. so they're like yeah who's that crazy <laughs> and and Arthur's like actually she was quite lovely when she was alive what was, was she like, that makes it even worse alive. and he was like yeah she was. He's lovely. I know. And then you start thinking like, how, so, so this is how he thinks of his wife. He thinks of his wife as this murderer. Well, he's got guilt. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. You, you learn that by the end, but at the beginning you're like, I love, how does he yeah. view his wife? I love Nolan's flashback, slow reveal mm-hmm. stuff. I know a lot of people don't dig it because it like, it, it's confusing. Like, don't make me think, which that's not, that's not <laughs> any of us. Don't go see a Nolan movie. That's not any think. of us, but I love like the slow reveal of information. So, uh, and I want to uh, touch on that. S- something that Troy was saying as well is, uh, <clears throat> This movie, I feel like with the um, with the nonlinear linear editing and and these flashbacks and this like more advanced type of uh, script, it it was a huge risk to put this much money and these type of effects on a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, whereas like like he had a, a nonlinear like the memento or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where where it, but it was a it was a very low budget in comparison. Oh, to yeah. this, and so it wasn't as big of a risk. This was a huge risk, and it paid off. They had oh, yeah. a lot of name. Well, the names are big now because of the movie. Yeah, but but as well as the the chemistry between all of them. Well, you know that the, when when Inception was made, Chris Nolan was basically given a blank check by Warner Brothers. You can well, do whatever you want. I mean, you can do whatever Dark you Knight, want, right? Yeah, you're but gonna like, give you're gonna yeah. give that man anything he right? wants. But uh, the 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 chemistry between all the actors, including. Um, 
Ken Watanabe, like, because he's he's the most distant from all of the, the uh, as far as the characters are concerned. Saito is the most distant from all of them. He's their <laughs> employer, but his his uh, chemistry with the other oh I love people it. I love it. The, his his line at the end when he's like, "No room for tourists on this on yeah. these trips." <laughs> like it, the the yeah, and the Eames, way that just like kind of smiles and the way Eam smiles at like the the. Yeah, just the the chemistry, and we already touched on on uh, Arthur and Eames banter, but the way that everybody just implicitly trusts and likes Cobb mm-hmm. is it says a lot, and it, it says a lot to the writing of the movie as well that that they all just implicitly like and trust this man, the, and it shows he's never tried to to. To uh, screw anyone on any of their their jobs they've done together, they're all they're all very familiar with each other. When uh, when he goes to recruit Eames, and Eames is like, "Oh, Arthur has no imagination. How is Arthur the old stick in the mud?" Like it, it shows that they're all very. It's, it's, a, such, it's a tight group of. It is such cool. a cool world they built and cool characters that they put into that world too. i know it, it honestly is kind of giving me john wick vibe i actually yeah. thought that it would be a great video game it would be mm. kind of cool mm. to kind of explore the whole but like knowing that technology exists in a movie just get a new group of people mm-hmm. do another one yeah doing do, oh, dude all female cast <laughs> <laughs> except for the architect and they have to be man. all snl alums <laughs> <laughs> or in hathaway <laughs> oh gosh! Stop. All right, so, so Troy, coming back to the whole uh, um, Mount Rushmore thing, give us your uh, pitch. Pitch. Final pitch. Um, all right. So, um, unless does anybody else have anything no? they want to add to the? No. Okay. Go um, ahead, Troy. In my mind, in my mind, um, <laughs> this <laughs> this movie, even with uh, even with the strings that you guys uh, are pulling at, is that is that something you've never like thought before? I've or? thought about it. I, oh, okay. I have. I just haven't thought in depth about it. But it was just kind of like like you said, the audience kind of forgives it, yeah. and even now I still forgive it. Oh, I do too. Um, I just said right. I did. <laughs> um, in even with some of those strings, I'd say this is <laughs> this is almost a near perfect movie movie to me. Like, I know that's I know that is like really really. Um, I don't know, presumptuous. I don't know. I don't know. Um, How dare you have an opinion? <laughs> this movie really did a lot for me in, in getting me excited about filmmaking. Um, this movie got me excited. This this making this movie m- made me pull out um, uh, my laptop and start writing scripts. This movie made me go out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Pull out my laptop and doing something else. No, you no, said you no. Said, you said this movie made me pull out. <laughs> okay, my All laptop. Right. My laptop. All right, this made me. This, for a fact, you don't pull out. This movie made me take my camera and go and and try to capture incredible shots because that was one thing we hadn't really talked about was the cinematography in the movie. Oh yeah, Wally Fister. Wally Fister, director of photography, was fantastic. Fister. Yep, barely knew her. Anyway, um, so like. There's not. It's it's hard to really articulate like how much this movie means to me personally. Um, like I said, I, like when the movie came out, I was I was in college writing a paper on Christopher Nolan. 
and this movie happened to come out and it just made me appreciate him that much more. Um, he's a, he's a competent director. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. Um, I honestly feel like this, this movie should belong on basically anybody's personal Mount Rushmore. So <laughs> to me, it's no question, but again, yeah. So well, right, there it is. We, shall we vote? Let's vote. Let's do it. Let's vote. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie because there's way too many holes in it for it to be a perfect movie. But, I said near perfect. All right. But there, as soon as you said Inception, there's no way I'm saying no to Inception. That this movie is one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes, it belongs on Mount Rushmore. Great. I'll go last since you were last last time. Okay. Um, so... I feel like Mount Rushmore should represent our collective taste in movies. And given that, I, I have to say yes. Like it, it absolutely represents our, our, our collective taste our, and yeah. our, what, what we like in movies, what we dislike in movies. It's, it represents us very well. I agree. Um, uh, Troy, I'm right, there. To you, I'm right there with you. Like this movie... I noticed something about this movie is that it came out and everyone gushed over it and a lot of people were like you know what on second watch that movie wasn't very good and it it became like a really popular to like crap on it for some reason Mm -hmm. like at one point it was the number one movie on like IMDB's 500 top 500 Um, and that's the first time that it knocked like Shawshank Redemption down one slot and it was because of Inception and then a lot of snobs are like you you think you, that you're watching a smart movie. <laughs> you're not. You're watching a dumb movie. This movie's making you feel like you're smart. Um, and if that's a stance that some people stake, take, how is that a bad thing for a director to come along the, around the time when he did and go, here's a smart movie and you'll feel smarter after watching it. It's a thinking man movie with a big ass budget. And that, that's super uncommon. Yeah, and, it, it, an accessible thinking man yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And, and like we just said, there's a bunch of, of quote-unquote plot holes or threads, but they don't bother me because they happen in a dream. And the whole time they're saying, like, here's the rules. We're breaking our own rules. And I don't care if I break my own rules along the way. I'm telling the story that I want to tell. Um, with that being said, I don't want two movies on Mount Rushmore that have Tom Hardy in them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, if that's your... <laughs> so, yes. Yes, of course. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to rewatch it again. I adore... I, I adore this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the rewatch for this one was purely for entertainment. For my, yeah. And I watched it on like a, in the theater room. Yeah. I, I was nervous. Like, obviously, I was nervous after you guys... After we talked about the... the I know. I just, I just hawked forever just to make you sweat. Because no, you guys did to me. And, no, it was good. Like... And, and I and I get how Jake was feeling after um, after uh, Walter, Mitty, Walter Mitty, and I and I get how you're feeling after. I think it's hilarious. I, I haven't been in the hot seat yet, but I think it's so hilarious how when you, nervous when you, you guys get are. the well, you get the two yeses, and it's not that you'd be like, 
I don't know. It's like that's not like you're gonna get pissed or anything. I know, but you kind of like it, it a little seems irritated. So obvious that, that everyone's gonna say yes to this. Like it's such but a good movie. But that's why I kind of thought somebody might vote no because it was it. Yeah, like to I, me it was like the obvious choice. But then, like I said but, in my little spiel, is like it became cool to hate on this movie for some yeah. reason. Which is interesting, and this was a point that I was gonna make when we start talking about when we were gonna talk about effects or whatever. Like whatever we were gonna talk about, the fact is people still talk about it. You yeah. bring up Inception. Somebody has something cool they want to say. Yeah. Usually, it's about the hallway or so, or about the how they actually built a train drive through downtown LA. Like all of these things, people are still scared talk- the crap out of me. Right. Even head. now, I totally forgot it happened. Yeah. But um, like <laughs> this, uh, people still talk about it. You bring up Inception, somebody's gonna have something to say about it. This movie's almost ten years old, and people are. It's not forgettable. It's it's not. And, and to me, it, it yeah. So thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. We have our third. We have our third one. We just need Scott now. I gotta start thinking about which one. Sweet. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Our three movies up there so far are Secret Life of Walter Mitty, um, Mad Max Fury Road, and Inception. So the next one has to have Tom Hardy in it. Or Ben Stiller. <laughs> oh, yeah. So hot right now. Zoolander. Maybe, maybe just have it have that dude from Greenland that has the thumb. Then then he can be the one that has the thread. Between Is he two? in? Uh, no. He's not in it, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, Tom Hardy's only in two movies. And so the other two our, have to have a. So the other link. two movies have. The dude from okay, well, that joke didn't land. Uh, thank you guys for uh, coming and and recording with us. Uh, recording with me, it was really fun. Thank you, Troy, for suggesting this movie because I had so much fun watching the movie over oh, again. So I haven't watched it in a couple years. I think it's a it's a case for most of it. Yeah, I think it's, it was about four. Chris or five said for me. Chris said that he hasn't seen it since it was in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I've definitely watched it since then, but it's been two or three years since I've seen the movie. Yeah. Every time and I've watched it, I'd be like, Oh, you haven't seen Inception, you gotta watch it. And then like and then I was like, but you do it. I I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> like Yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is one of those where every couple of years is good enough. Yeah, well, it's definitely a, it's it's a heavy or it's it's just a load. Like there's a lot of thinking that has to go along with this movie, and yeah, you watch it too many times, right close to each other, and then you don't watch it for ten years like Chris did. Yep, it was a it was a nice break from doing homework from the from last from week's last <laughs> just week's uh, watching all those all, all those rom coms and then, yeah, the and then I, I did have a palate cleanser with Inception right <laughs> in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks guys, I appreciate it. Cool, yeah, love you, Troy. Yeah, th- thank you all for listening. You didn't record with us, but you can listen to us, and thank you for doing that. Uh, we love you so much for doing that with us. Uh, we would hope that you would get on our social media, leave us a message, leave tell us what you think, what what your uh, what you want to hear from us in the future. I'm talking about you, Travis Mendenhall. You listen to us all the time, but you don't tell us anything about it. Tell we us had, what you we think. We somebody make a request. On Talking our, to you, Evan Naylor. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what if <laughs> what you think. Tell us if we did said anything good or bad or that you don't like. Uh, 
We did have a request. I saw that on our on our social media, Chris. What yeah. uh, what have we got going here? Uh, well, we haven't even talked about it or planned it, but we had a request to do the all time best sports movie. Mm. But it's not even a competition. It's Slam Dunk Ernest. Right. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking Air Bud, but I think you might have. Been uh, I was going. Space I actually, camera. I actually Googled what's worst sports movie, <laughs> and it was a unanimously a movie called Ed with like Matt LeBlanc, <laughs> where he teaches a chimpanzee how to pitch. I thought it might have been uh, <laughs> Church Ball. You know, Dude, with, well, ping, I saw the picture. Of it. I saw a picture of it. I was like, yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc teaching a chimpanzee to pitch. Oh, so, uh, oh, man. who who was it that uh, suggested we? It was actually uh, Rachel and my wife Kylie. <laughs> you know, our biggest supporters. Our biggest supporters, Chris's <laughs> wife, and uh, the one that was on our podcast episode. My, last my week. wife listens to the podcast. Is your wife? Sometimes. No, sometimes <laughs> well, no. My, my future wife is listening currently. That's actually romantic. I would yeah. love it, and maybe your like sappy episode last week is what gets her. <laughs> yeah, we should we should write a rom com about about that about how you about find love how I found I found love through podcasting. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, be looking for it in the future. Our best, our goat uh, sports movie. It's probably not going to come for another couple episodes. It's a lot of homework that we'll have to do to get that done. Uh, but keep an eye open because forward to it. Now that it's been requested, it has to be done. It'll, it'll happen. It will happen. So if they request it, we will come. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right, we're done. <laughs> and with that, it's so late. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to ask if there's anything else you want to add. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.